You're listening to the Lompoc Foursquare Church Podcast. a problem or we, we, we told a lie or we did something wrong or our minds wandered for a bit. I'm talking about falling into sin habitually where it's an ongoing thing. It's a sin that the writer of Hebrews says easily trips us up every time we go around the corner, so to speak. So in John 10, verse 10 and 11, you'll remember as we started this series, we've talked about this throughout and we're going to continue for a few more weeks, but the thief comes only to rob, kill, and what? And I came so that everyone would have life. That's what this series is named after. And have it in its fullest. I'm the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives up his life for his sheep. The bad shepherd. If there's a good shepherd, there's a bad shepherd. The bad shepherd wants to guide us in pathways that will kill us, that will destroy us, that will steal the very life that God has come to give us. In the first part of this series, we talked about the fact that our lives need to be rooted in Christ. And it was in that uh, message and also back on Easter that we said that Jesus will make your life better and make you better at life. He'll make your life better and he'll make you better at life. The second part was that we need to be in awe of all that God has done, that this great God, this incredible God who uh, you know, made us and who made all the, the things we see, the stars and the, the birds that fly and the ocean and everything that's wonderful and amazing as it is. Then we talked about in the third message that how we think is so important to life, that our imagination is the devil's playground that our thoughts are his battlefield and that our heads are his trophy. And then we said in our fourth message that we are people that are loved by God and we need to love each other because that's what life is all about. He said, love God with all that we have and love our neighbors ourselves. Well, last week we talked about hope. We really can't live without hope. And this week I want to just talk to you about the reality of temptation. It is everywhere. So we're going to look at this verse that's very important. It's in your notes. 1 Corinthians 10, 12, and 13 says that if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't what? Ah, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. Let's read the rest. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a... Oh, way out so that you can endure. Would you circle the word faithful in your notes? Just circle that. And then underline this phrase, a way out. He's faithful, and he will make a way out for us. Every single time that we are tempted to do something that would be harmful to us, harmful to what God is trying to build in us, the life that he's trying to build, every time the devil comes knocking on your door and says, Can you come out and play? It's to pull us away from the things that God intends for us to have abundant life. But every time that happens, there's always a way out for us. I can't find a better definition of temptation than the one that is in your notes. Temptation is anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. Temptation is anything that promises satisfaction 
at the cost of obedience to God. That's why the scripture says, to obey is better than sacrifice. Sure, we have a sacrifice. Sure, we have a Savior. But to obey God is even better than that. To obey God is better than repentance. When we disobey God, we got to come to him and then repent for what we did. We got to confess our sin. It's better to say, Lord, I didn't do it. It was knocking on my door. I didn't do it. You know that scientists tell us, and many of you know about dopamine, but that when we do something that's wrong or against the law or we exceed the speed limit, it's just there's a dopamine drip. Our brain releases dopamine in our bodies, and it becomes addicting. It's the thrill of doing, let's go. When you were kids, did you ever play Ding Dong Ditch? Anybody here? Yeah. Okay, you go up and you ring the door, Bell, and, and no, I'll, I'll do it because I'm faster than you. Ding Dong, that, that, that was dopamine. All right? We were dopes being mean. Come on, dopamine. And ding dong, ding dong, and we would run down the street. Huh? Or worse, I won't go anywhere else with that. You make the purchase with money you don't have, but you make the purchase because it just feels good. It retail therapy, dopamine. You linger too long with your eyes looking at something or someone or someplace on the internet that you shouldn't look, and it's, it's dopamine. It's a buzz. And, and scientists tell us there's actually a high that happens when we do something wrong. So I want to talk to you about temptation, but I want to give you some basics. And the first is this, that it's not a sin when you are tempted. And the reason we know this is because Hebrews 4.15 says, for we do not have a high priest as Jesus who's unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one Jesus who has been what? Tempted in every way just as we are, but he did not sin. So if temptation were sin, then we have a sinful Savior. But since he never sinned, even though he was tempted, he was pure. He was sinless. I want to ask you this question, and you can't answer with pancakes because that wouldn't fit this morning. Uh, What's your favorite donut? Anybody? Who said maple bar? Somebody? That was in 8 o'clock service. We had maple bar. Right down to maple, maple bar. Hey, what, 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 what? Apple fritter. Can we use maple bar? Is that okay if we use maple bar? What about apple fritter with maple on top? Come on now. All right. So let's pretend this morning that maple bars are a sin. And you go to work or you go home from church or you, you go to someone's house and there are a dozen maple bars still warm. Huh? What goes good with, what would you drink with a maple bar? Coffee. Now, what would you have in the coffee? Cream, half and half. Well, we're going all out here, aren't we? No sugar, though, would you? Would you put sugar in your coffee? No. That'd be, so you wouldn't get a caramel macchiato because it would have too much. Yeah, yeah. So a little half and half in the coffee. How many don't like her choice of beverage? Let's vote here. No? Okay. Milk. Tea. Ooh. Hot tea. Herbal tea or just Earl Grey? Earl Grey in the morning? Royal English breakfast tea? I know stuff. I put my finger up, drink the tea. And a maple bar. Okay, so she's got the the coffee. It's hot. with a little bit of half and half in it. That's called brevet. Come on, just you need to know. And so 
But let's say maple bars are a sin. Now, what are we going to do? We're going to look at the maple bars, right? And they're going to be, eat me, times 12. Little chorus, eat me. <laughs> and, and then the third maple bar says, you deserve it. Huh? It'll make you feel like heaven. Come on. Come, come on. And so you walk around the maple bar. Huh. All right. What should we do if maple bars are sin? Smell them, right? <laughs> Lick the maple off the top and put them back for someone else. Come on. No, what, you, what should you do? You should leave your coat and, and run. Good. See, number one answer, run, right? Well, let me say it this way. Just, just the men, the ladies, you can think about maple bars for a while. Uh, so you're driving down 8th Street, guys, and there she is. Your description of what a woman should be like. And I just got to tell you, lady, you didn't know this, but every guy has a different answer to that question. You know, color hair, height, shape. I just thought, you know. You thought everybody wanted one? No, no. And so you're driving down 8th Street and you see her and you say, oh, Lord God, thank you for the way you made woman. <laughs> From the top of her head to the soles of her feet, she's more beautiful than the sunset on the Polynesian Sea or the snow-capped mountains of the Kilimanjaros. Huh? Come on. Huh? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And you keep driving down the street. Okay? That's like leaving the donuts. Now, if you circle back around, guys, just to see if she crosses the street safely, <laughs> you might have lingered too long. And if you roll down your window and say something to her or make some silly, I just heard it the other day, some city, silly animal sound or a whistle, you know, you know, ladies, you know, that makes you, you know, listen, this, this happened. This happened about two years ago over by Carl's Jr. And some gal, I mean, she was fine. And these two dudes in a truck covered with dirt, they've been working in the landscaping, made some kind of comment, and she yells back, yeah, that might work as a way to get girls. I mean, they were just, you know, doing some kind of thing. Okay, back to the sermon. See, our spiritual enemy is putting stuff out there all the time for us. And one of the things we have to understand is that you are, number two, never above temptation. Never above temptation. Well, I'd never do that. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Now, let's save that thought because we're going to come back to it in just a moment. But my good uh, assistant Isaac is coming out now. Here comes Isaac. Anybody go fishing? See, the job, hold on to the, to the lure box there. The job of the fisherman is to lure. You guys catching this? We got money. This could be whatever you want it to be. There's a car representing stuff. And there's the lady from H Street right there. You see her? 
Watch here. Let me get it up here for the guys on the camera there. there. By the way, uh, for, the, for the ladies in the house, just pretend this is Ken. Of course, that could be Ken, and we don't know. You know where I got that from? Eight o'clock. They, they told me that. I didn't come up with that. And see, the job of the fisherman is to lure the fish from its habitat. Come out here. The fish is just back there eating some, some, some microalgae, a couple little worms, you know, having a good time. And all of a sudden, we, 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 we try, to, try to lure it out. Hold that for a moment, Isaac. Be careful, though. Okay. You, you know, you know these, these little lures like this? I know you can't see it very well from where you are. And, and then we have this kind here with a little tail on it. And, and we work it in front of that fish who's in its little, little cave. We do boop, 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 boop. And, and you can go to Bass Pro Shop. They actually have a tank where you can try these out in front of live fish to see how deceitful you can be. Every fisherman's a liar. No, really. We're lying to the fish to say, this is what you want, because it's better than where you are. Okay? Thank you, Isaac, very much. Appreciate your kindness. You can go back to your habitat now. Come back in a minute. Yeah, yeah. See, every, every, everything that the devil throws at us is a lie. It's a lie. Temptation is anything that promises satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. It's maple bars. You're not supposed to have any. It is Romans 12.2. Do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. That's a good question to ask when the devil knocks on your door and says, come out and play. Is this good? Is this acceptable? Is it perfect? You want a bigger list? Philippians 4. Is it true, noble, trustworthy, praiseworthy? 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says, if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. See, our spiritual enemy will attack our weaknesses and will come at you at your strengths. Um, I'm going to say his name fictitiously because I don't want to, uh, I don't want to, uh, let's even think you might even know who he is, though, though you don't, doesn't even live in the area. We're going to call him Joe. And uh, Joe had fallen into uh, a sinful trap, and myself and a couple other guys tried to help him out. And here's what we said. All of us said the same thing in unison. No way, not Joe. You ever said that? No way, not Susie. No way. She would never... She would never. Here's what Joe told us. And you see if Joe was right. Joe said, all my weak areas I protected. All my strong areas I didn't think I would ever fall. Notice, notice, notice what Jesus says in Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation because the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Does anybody know this? Lord, have your way in me. 
That's the spirit, right? And then you go and you have your own way. Lord, no maple bars, please, Lord. I promise, Lord, I won't even smell them. I won't even go to the donut shop and look in the glass, God. And next thing we know, you got maple bar. That's called the flesh is weak. Come on, we're all there. You are never above the fall. You have no idea what you're capable of. Any single one of us, hear this, could do the grossest thing given the right situation and circumstance. Now, I don't know how much truth you can handle. Can you handle lots of truth or not? Good. One person, yeah. <laughs> Eight o'clock said, bring it on. I just want you to know. Eight o'clock, man. They're, they're rising up in my book. Come on, you guys. Come on. Can you handle something really truthful? Okay, good. You're actually going to read it to yourself. It's Jeremiah 17, 9. Jeremiah 17, 9. Next verse. Oh, we don't have that. That's right. We never got that verse from last service. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm going to read it. In my, it's in your notes. Is it written out in your notes or just referenced? Huh? Oh, let's read it then if it's written out. Good, good. They got it on the notes but not on the screen. The human heart is deceitful thing of all and desperately... Who really? Okay, let's read it again. The human heart and desperately, who really? Let's read it one more time. The human heart. Wait a minute. You have a human heart? Who has a human heart? Raise your hand. Now you got to raise your hand. All of us. Your human heart is the most deceitful thing of all. Jeremiah, you must be talking about some other species. No, human heart. And desperately, who really knows how bad it is? In other words, we don't have the ability, even by the power of the Holy Spirit, to know how truly bad we are. Wow. Lord, reveal my sins to me. But then as the Lord reveals your sin, guess who he's telling? He's telling you. And what's he telling it to? He's telling it to your deceitful heart. We can even try to justify what he says about us when we hear him say to us things about how bad we really are. Hmm. Listen, point. You are never above being tempted. I would never... hmm. Had a guy tell me he's 85. Don't worry about me, Pastor. I'm 85. Too old for sin. Really? I said. You had a bad thought lately? Well, shh, don't, don't tell the missus. <laughs> 85. We are never, ever at a place where we are not capable of being tempted. But God, number three, will never tempt you. How does temptation happen? Well, if you have a Bible, open to James 1. I know some of you said, when is he going to get to a scripture we can open to? James 1. When God tests you, he tests you to move you forward. Like a, like a middle schooler. You know? Before you go to high school, you got to get tested. Before you get your driver's license, you got to get tested. 
Before you get promoted, you got to get tested. See, everything God does is a test, not a temptation, a test to move us forward. But Satan tempts you to move you backward, to kill, steal, and destroy. There's a big difference. Now, when God tests you, he may test you at an obedience level. If you want more of him, he, he may say, will you obey me in this? Will you trust me in this? I've been faithful to take care of you in the past. I've already prepared heaven for you in the future. Can you trust me in the in-between time? And it's amazing how many people have trouble trusting God when everything's not written out or spelled out. Those are tests. And when we follow those tests and when we're faithful to trust him in those tests, he will give us more. Jesus said it this way, if you're faithful in little, I will give you much. If you're faithful with the little influence you have, I'll give you more influence. If you're faithful with the little finances you have, I will give you more finances. It's just the way the Lord does it. See, temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. And I want you to see this from the book of James, verse 13 to 15. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say that God is tempting me. For God is neither tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from where? Well, see, when I was in Sunday school, I taught that temptation comes from the devil. Then I read the book of James and find out that James doesn't agree with me, nor my Sunday school teacher. I always thought, devil knocks on your door, can you come out and play? I say yes, or I keep the door closed. But James seems to say, this will mess with your theology, that temptation is rooted in here. It's in your desires. By the way, the devil takes notes on what you say. I really wish I could. Boy, if I only, I better pull back around, check her out on 8th Street, make sure she crosses the street. I'd sure like a gal like that. I sure, boy, I'd give anything. Boy, listen, have you ever heard people say that? I'd kill for that. Now, I know it's cliche. I, I've heard it, you know. I, I, I had somebody, I was at a car show once, and a guy said, man, I'd kill to have, I'd give my right arm to have a car like that. You would? Let's go cut it off. Well, that's not what I meant. But, but you know, it came from here, a desire, a longing. God is never tempted to do wrong. He never tempts anyone. Temptation comes from our own, and we have to own it, our own desires, which entice us, drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful action, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to what? To death. See, we're talking about life. So if we surrender to temptation, the life and abundant life that Christ wants to build in us will not be allowed to happen because, because death will come. So watch this little pathway here. Desires. It starts here. I, I, I would if I could, but I can't, so I won't. The devil takes notes. Desires entice us. It's, it's the lure in front of us. It's, a, well, I, you know, the woman says, I'd always be faithful to my husband. And then she meets this guy who's just something else. Or I would never steal. But boy, they keep leaving that out there, those tools, that money, that whatever. 
It entices us, and then it drags us away. Uh, the Greek term literally means to pull from the rightful place. So we, we belong in a relationship with Christ. He's talking to believers here. We belong in a rightful place, in a right relationship with God, to pull us away from a rightful place. And then what happens between number three and number four, we're actually, excuse me for being so blunt, we're actually going to bed with the heart of that sin because sin is born. There's a conception that happens between three and four. And then birth is given a sinful action, and then sin grows up like a toddler and starts running around, and guess what sin does? It has offspring. Sin gives birth. But where do I get all this? It's all in James 1. Read different versions and get different words, but, it, but these are pretty much the same in most of the versions. Then destruction happens, and that destruction leads to death. The wages of sin is, is that this is the process. And I think it'd be great, by the way, if your parents and your, your, your kids are, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, I mean, to sit down and talk with them about this process, maybe third grade now, because kids are growing up faster these days. This is what happens. I want to get an A. I'll cheat. I get drug away. Pretty soon I'm cheating. And, and now I'm, I'm caught in a life of cheating, and it works. I lie to my parents. I lie to my grandparents. And I mean, this, this is the process of pulling us away from all things that are living. Does this make sense to you? Makes great sense to me. And guess where it starts? Back in my heart of desires. See, the enemy knows your desires. He sees where you're looking, where you're wanting, where you're envious, where you're jealous. And to live life the way Jesus intended, we have to remember what Jeremiah said. We are basically bad, sinful people. That's why Christ came and died on a cross. Sin never makes life better. Sin always destroys. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. It'll cost you more than you want to pay. And it will keep you longer than you want to stay. I'm just going to go this far. I'm just going to go do this much. Huh? Like two 16-year-old kids in the car at night, right? I'm just going to put my arm around you, babe. Just going to hold your hand. Don't hold my hand on my leg. Just hold it out here on the dash. <laughs> Every boy was trained. Get the hand off the dash. We were born this way. Parents take notes. We were born this way. All men are hunters. That's what we are. Good morning. I can't believe he's talking so real today, dear. By the way, would you put that pathway up again, please, Diane? Thank you. You know what most people do when number nine comes, when number eight comes, when number seven comes? They cry out to God in repentance. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, help me. I've sinned. You know what I found out? Very few people ever come to God, number one, number two, number three. Oh, Lord, I'm about to do something really stupid. I'm on my way there now. 
No, very few people call someone, call a sponsor, call a friend, call, call a, a, a person full with the Holy Spirit. Hey, I need you to help me. I'm about to do the stupidest thing I've ever done in my life. See, we call on God when we have fallen. But let me tell you this. It's in your notes. Every temptation is an invitation to depend on Christ. I don't have this mastered, but I, I've learned probably the last five to ten years that it is really good to stop and say, Lord, this is what I want to do. This is my desire. This is, I'm being enticed. I'm being drug away. You know, Bernie, my little pretty, come this way. And I, no, no, no. I'm going to get out some scriptures and I'm going to pray. And I'm going to close the box lid on the maple bars and run the other way. Because number four, there's always a way out. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can what? Endure it. Endure it. For some, it's, it's a prayer of confession that gets us out of where we are. Proverbs 28, 13 says, Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Uh, the word renounce means to formally declare one's abandonment, to refuse to recognize or abide by any longer. To renounce is to call something the way it is and to say, I'm done. That's, that's tough. So I, uh, I've got some Duplo here because they're cheaper than Legos. Right? In the last service, they fell on the floor. It was great. Now, I want to pretend that this is, this is sin. Oh, by the way, this is your sin. This is the one that gets you. Okay? It, that's the configuration. Now, my desire says I want this. It's enticing me. It's, it's calling me out. It's trying to drag me away from my rightful place. I have a choice to grab it and embrace it, or I have a choice to say, Lord, help me, and, and to walk away. Right? Take or walk away. Or, or I can say, well, you know, after all, I've worked really hard. I'm just going to take this part of it because that's, that's too much. That's too much. You see, my, 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 my friend that got into trouble, here's what he said. I work so hard, they don't pay me enough. I'm a really good guy. My family doesn't love me enough. I help all kinds of people. No one comforts my soul. I deserve this. I, I, I won't do that. Ooh, that's bad. Woo! Get behind me, Satan over there, but just a little piece. Just going to lick the frosting off the top. Huh? And in these moments, you, you think how silly as this is, you, in, in these moments, we, 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 we try to justify. It's like, it's like God saying, thou shalt not do this, whatever this is for you. You fill in the blank. And we just go, well, okay, if that's the way you're going to be, Lord. <laughs> as for me and my house, we will do this. When the Lord wants us to simply say, you know what, God, none of this is your will. And if you've given me a way out, then I'm going to come 
And I'm going to depend upon Christ in the middle of all this. And actually, Lord, actually, Lord, I'm going to put this far away from me. And whenever it creeps back in, because of the desire that's in here, would, would you help me not to let it? Would you help me to stop and depend on you? And listen, dear ones, if the only prayer you can pray in that moment is our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And you pray that prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, lead us not into, but deliver us from evil. Lord, deliver me from that evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. If that's all you have within you at that moment, if that's the only prayer you can remember, it's in the Bible, so you're okay. Jesus said pray that way. Oh, God, deliver me from evil. God, deliver me from evil. God, deliver me from evil. And I, and I would be foolish to tell you in those moments in my life that, that I had some big eloquent prayer to pray. I just said, oh, God, deliver me from this. I have wronged you, or maybe you've wronged others. God, forgive me for what I've done. And, and the minute something like that would start coming in my vicinity, it's to say, oh, Lord, forget about it. Actually, one time, I really, I, I really could have gotten some bad trouble, and you know what I did? I went to the donut shop. It's funny we're talking about donuts. I went to the donut shop, got six glazed donuts and a tall Dr. Pepper. No, not tall like that, tall. Did I need the calories? Oh, they were so much better than the sin I could have fallen into. You have to do whatever you have to do in those moments to say, God, you're not tempting me, but you're going to make a way for me. Now, next week, we'll, we'll talk more about this. I'm going to pray. Thank you for listening to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. To find out more about Lompoc Foursquare Church or to watch us live online, please visit mylfc.com.